Another one of those lovely Florida evenings. Actually, I must admit, the AC is broken. Mighty's T Studio. So, so we, so we feeling the heat. It's 78 degrees out there. It's March 10th. And before we get started, let's go ahead and just say a special Happy Mother's Day, Happy Belated Mother's Day. Since this is the first show after Mother's Day, Happy Mother's Day, all mothers out there. Ain't a woman alive that can take my mother's place. So today, we got a we got a wonderful show for you today. We have what's gonna be NFL talk. Finally get that draft breakdown. We get to talk about the um the the bowl game that's coming up for the UFF. The fights over the weekend. The potential fights yet to come. And. Y'all been catching these games lately? Whew. But you know what I say. Regardless of the time and regardless of the weather, it's always a good time to talk some sports. So... Let's start talking. Woo! Yeah, man. Tell <clears throat> This has been a crazy week. Well, I should say a crazy week, an exciting week for us. So, as we wait for this, as this week breaks down and we build up to it, we're just going to get right into it. We're not going to hold it off any longer. Just what everybody wants to talk about, what I want to talk about, what you want to talk about. Switch it up on us. You damn right I did. You guys were getting comfortable out there, so of course, of course, I gotta sh- throw a little shock to your sister. And and in a time like today, why wouldn't you want to know what's going on in your local community? So let's just go start. This past weekend, May seventh, the in the United Football Federation of America, they had their conference championship game. Now, playing in the UFF Bowl, or Conference Bowl game, or let's put it this way, they had their UFF Conference Bowl game to see who's going to play in the UFF Bowl game. For the away team, we had the Broward County Barracuda. 
for the home, and they were taking on the undisputed, undis, undisputed, undefeated, reigning defending UFF champion, the Hollywood Browns. Now, this this happened. This is gonna now be there. Third, or what's considered now their third matchup for the season, and ironically, this is actually going to be like their fourth matchup within the last calendar year. The Hollywood Browns and the Broward County Barracudas have history going all the way as back as far back as last year. In last year's UFF Bowl game, the Hollywood Browns and the Broward County Barracudas went toe to toe, went head to head. And it wasn't until a late fourth quarter rally that helped the Browns squeak ahead. It's probably the only reason why we're sitting here today calling the Browns your undisputed champion versus the, Barrac- the Broward County Barracudas. <clears throat> now, so far this year, things haven't quite worked out the same exact way for the Barracudas have they have, have they, as they have the Browns. While the Barracudas finish out their season seven and three, the Browns win a un, win a perfect unblemished ten and zero. But like I said, this is the conference championship game, and the Broward County Barracudas have won every single game since the last time these two teams have met. So the Broward County Barracudas are not only on a winning streak, but they are out for revenge to prove that not only was this year's um, losses to the Browns a fluke, but also last year's championship loss to the Brown was also a fluke. So the Browns started off quick, and as, as you can quickly see that there was no more hangover they they weren't they weren't rusty anymore from from being off for two three weeks and you can see that their quarterback knew that he wouldn't be coming out of this game whatsoever and that must have been the biggest thing in the world for number sixteen Bryce Schaefer's confidence. Very quickly, very, very quickly. All right. He, um, Bryce catch, um, hooks up with number nine, Clarence Coleman. And we're talking about early and early into their first score, um, scoring drop. This is for a 19 yard, this is for a 19 yard pickup. Now, in between a couple of intercept, in, incompletions, they get four solid runs, totaling for, what is this? About 41 yards from their running back, number one, DeAndre Stringer. Now, his four runs gets them in scoring position. And then, bam! We get a quarterback keeper, number 16, Bryce Schaefer, runs it in for a two yard run, and the Browns go up 8 0. The quarter will remain there, and the first quarter would end with the Browns up 
eight and the Barracudas with nothing. Zero. And the second quarter would prove to be more Browns dominance. Schaefer would hook up with number eight. Thomas Flowers, receiver, number eight. For a 21-yard touchdown. Flowers would end his whole entire night with a total of 65 yards in that one touchdown. Now, now, the backup quarterback actually did get involved. And for his one and only play, he ran it in for a five-yard touchdown. Which now put the Browns up 22-0 going into the half. As now they have a touchdown ran in by their starting quarterback, Bryce Schaefer. They have a touchdown by their backup quarterback, number 13, Jarrah Smith. And they have a, 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 a touchdown Thomas by Flowers, their receiver, number eight. By Flo, by Thomas Flo Flowers, number eight, wide receiver. Now, the Browns were going to the half, and I said not only up 22-0, but also penalty-free. They, they basically had a blemish-free first half, which is not the same exact thing that you can say for their opponent that was riddled with, with, with penalties all over the place, which is probably why you heard players from the Barracudas arguing at half. So the third quarter starts, and the Browns start off the half like a team that was up 20 by 22 points. And the Barracudas found a soft spot very early in, in, in the slot and took advantage. And three identical plays later, they get it in for a touchdown. This touchdown must have been the exact thing that was needed for the, for the Browns to once again awaken themselves. They stopped the extra point. And they will go on to have... Basically, just not allow any more points for that quarter but also not score any more points for that quarter. The Browns go into the fourth quarter, up 22-26, and their defense maintained dominance, forcing three interceptions, two alone by number 11, linebacker Deion Lewis. I find that to be a very nice, a very good day for a football player. It commands one of my, one of the greatest cornerbacks and one of the greatest linebackers, like and two of my favorite players. And there was a fumble. The pace of the game was controlled by their star running back, number one, DeAndre Stringer, who racked up a hundred and fifteen yards from scrimmage. That would be just that would be exactly enough for the Browns to stay and win and the game would end. Browns 22, Barracuda 6. The the le the leading stat getters, stat goers, but the 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 leaders for the team was obviously number 16 quarterback Bryce Schaefer. He went 11 for 18. One passing touchdown, one running touchdown, and he also threw him for an interception. 
the leading receivers. Thomas Flowers, receiver, number eight. Flo had 65 yards at one touchdown. Following right behind, I shouldn't say right behind him, but coming in. He booted number seven, the slot receiver, and punter. He put up 32 yards. And let's not forget. Clarence Coleman, number nine, wide receiver slash kicker. And he put up 26 yards. So, altogether, this is where the majority of the Browns' passing threat came from. And these boys came through, and they delivered, and they helped their team get a victory. Now, talking about being a teammate or team, you know, I'm going to have to say it. Dwayne Wade is kind of a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, there it goes. I creeped all over the place. Part of my parlez-vous français. But Dwayne Wade is kind of a dick. And I, I, I I'm going to tell you, listen. And, and, and you know what? The best way I could describe it is that Dwayne Wade has some Kanye in him. Where he, he gets these, these petulant, childish moments where instead of just manning up to it, or just admitting wrong or wrong or whatever, his initial response is to lie or, or do this odd cover-up when it's when everybody sees your actions. As I, as I taste some more of that Publix lemonade. Right? And this is not and this is not the it's not the first time that, that Dwayne Wade Like I said, Dwayne Wade has, had these, has these little incidences that you may not notice all the time, but they happen. Like, like, like his, I think it's like his rookie or sophomore season versus the Knicks. Versus the Knicks. Um, without being established or, or, any, or, or being anybody in the league, he's over here talking trash to, to the Knicks fans. Um, fast forward um, a little bit later, and he is he is still like dunking and, and, and playing ferociously on like a 20 something blowout um versus versus a team fast forward this a little bit later and he is over here making fun of Dirk Nowitzki's um I'm being sick but then lying about it and then being shut up about it as Dirk Nowitzki comes back and busts his ass and then now we have this thing with the flag listen Dwayne Wade just man up and, and, and stop it stop stop doing what you're doing and and just man up like it is, it is not becoming of you. You're better than that. Actually, like you're a player, but I said you got some you got some some Kanye Kardashian tendencies to you sometimes, and maybe it's because you're, you that you're here in South Beach and you're married to Gabrielle Union. But you know you you felt this entitled for a while. We're gonna talk about him a little bit more when we come back from these commercials. Hey, tickles. Tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then head down to Multivest Games and get the value you deserve. Multivest. Find them at 830-183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. Located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sun Life Stadium in the plaza across from Snappers. Multivest Games. Save more, play more. We are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Talon T. Taylor, and the T is for terrific. Yeah, you should be listening still, either on SoundCloud, 
or tune in radio and we thank you as this next segment here is brought to you by Multivest Games. This is the Multivest Game event of the weekend where in a, in a, in a time where the biggest star of the sport or of the sport at the time is is now retired we get now what could possibly be the next biggest thing in boxing and that is mexican sensation and superstar louis ma no <laughs> I'm joking. I, I, I know I know you're about to throw your phone or whatever you're listening to across across Lewis. That is. All right, seriously, but Mexican sensation, look, <laughs> Canelo Alvarez versus Khan. Khan! Khan! And the fight, the fight, the fight was kind of was 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 probably exactly what could have been expected. Canelo was just a little bit too big for Khan, and Khan has the same jaw that Khan has always had. And Khan did exactly what he Khan was gonna have to do to beat Canelo. That was be fast, be a little bit quicker to the punches, punch in volumes, and try to keep him at bay. Use utilize your jab, and he did that for the most part. It's just that when you're really that outsized and you can't and you aren't known for being the best taker of punches, and you're fighting a guy that's bigger than you. That is known to put a couple of people to sleep. I like I, I likes to put I like, I likes to give people the night night. Now let's give them a straight night night. You know what I mean, Mr. Sandman. Then it's almost to be expected what this out what this outcome was, and we we kind of got both, which kind of which 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 which, which, which you would figure like if it was a if it was a dominant Canelo fight. Then it probably would have earned it very early, first three rounds. And if this wasn't going to be a fight that that truly Khan was going to dominate and possibly win, we probably figured this was going to go the distance, somewhere in the last, like 10, 11, 12 rounds, most likely. But what we got was that perfect breed of fight. We got Khan doing what he should have did to try to keep the distance, but like I said, Canelo just being a little bit too big and being able to close that distance, take a few punches and comes in there with that haymaker of his, catches Khan on the flush on the jaw, and down goes Khan. Down goes Khan. Next thing you know, it's night-night. He's on the ground, counting ponies. Canela's over there do, doing an interview, and Khan's trying to figure out what the hell just happened. So now... It brings up another interesting possible fight. 
which is Triple G versus Canela Alvarez. And this may also be another thing where Canelo's reaching for somebody a little bit too big for him. So it's going to be interesting to see if this is a fight that possibly get done because Triple G may be too B.I.G. for Canelo Alvarez. And while we're talking about, and while we're on the subject, did you hear about MMM from TMT talking about fighting CMG possibly in an MMA? Did you did, did you hear about this? So let me so let me back up for you. <laughs> let me back up for you just in case you're not quite catching what I'm hearing. What I'm saying. <laughs> bring it back. Tell the DJ bring it back. Tell the DJ bring it back. So Money Mayweather is questioned about possibly fighting Conor McGregor in some kind of fight. And we don't know if it's a MMA fight, don't know if it's a boxing fight. We just know that that Mayweather in Mayweather fashion Decides to entertain the idea. An idea that I, th- I think is, it's something that when said, always sparks more interest than when thought about. It's one of them things that sounds sexy. Like, it's like, put it this way. A, a boxer and an MMA fighter fighting. Like, the two of the top guys fighting on, on, on either platform. Is always that cute girl in the club, you know what I mean, while you're drunk and the lights are off. And then you turn the lights on, you're like, yeah, this is a bad idea. And when I turn the lights on, I mean that you rolled over in bed, pulled the sheets back, turned the lights off, and then realized, uh, this was really a bad idea. <laughs> and, 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 and we've seen this happen a couple of times before. Like, didn't, didn't, didn't. Um, some guy, Tony or something like that, um, come and fight in an MMA fight because you have, you have to understand what's going to happen. If kind of, I don't, I don't think Conor McGregor has the kind of boxing skills to go up against Money Mayweather. So what happened is that Money Mayweather is going to get one of the few knockouts that he's ever had in his career, probably. <laughs> if he fights him. And it's not going to say anything more for Mayweather's career. It's not going to add to it. It's not going to take away from it. It's just going to be some, 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 some gimmicky blip. Conor McGregor is going to be the same exact thing. Conor McGregor, if he fights for, um, um, for Roy Money Mayweather in an MMA fight, it's going to be some, some gimmicky thing because we know what's going to happen every single time we've seen this happen. When a guy can't, when a guy is, when a, when a person in MMA can only box or only has a boxing discipline and they come into MMA, you get taken down and wrestled to the floor and you're forced to submit. You go, you get the night night. Good the night night. And the last the last thing Mayweather wants is to be sitting on his back looking like looking like um Holly Holmes, whatever, swinging at ear while while he's gasping for ear. You don't want the the night night to clap off. <laughs> but that doesn't mean 
that Mayweather may not be in for another fight. And that is more likely to happen probably than anything else. And and and, and the only reason I, I can possibly say this, right? Only reason I'm, I'm even saying this is because very recently Money Wayweather has patented patented patent patented. There we go. I haven't even been sipping the happy juice yet. Like that's the problem. I'm sipping that lemonade, I was sipping that public lemonade. Listen, I went to the organic market, whatever they call it, the veggie market, the overpriced market. <laughs> I found some really good stuff. Awesome stuff. Great stuff that I like. The one luckies. The one that you could buy a beer and drink a beer and or drink buy a wine buy a beer or wine and, and drink while you shop. Which I think should never happen because I I did some of that this weekend and wow. Like I did it for regular grocery shopping and I did it for Mother's Day shopping. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So Money Mayweather has pat has patented two things. TMT 50, Team Money Team 50, TME 50. Team Money Enterprise, I don't know what the fuck. Parlez-vous Francais. I keep creeping all over the place, don't I? I guess I guess today's a creepy kind of day. I guess I guess today is just a creepy kind of day. And talking about crepe, or as we say in America, crap. Right? Or even people speaking recklessly. Did you hear did you hear this story about A-Rod calling Big Poppy beloved everywhere? And I'm I'm just looking at this like this is really words of praise from one cheating scumbag loser to another cheating scumbag loser about or two or and about another ch scumbag cheat, cheating loser so you know what since we've been creeping all over the place today then you know what <laughs> fuck out of here nobody like first of all who cares about his no good lying cheating hired talent that never performed ever to his hype. Like he might as well be LeBron, but we're not gonna go there. And like, see, like, like put it so like this is a Rod, a Yankees fan talking about a Boston Red Sox fan. First of all. Like, words like this doesn't happen from, from true Yankees fans. Not while they're still in Yankees uniform. As we saw from Derek Jeter. Uh, uh, who you still feel to learn lessons from. Even though you've been with him for 10 freaking years now. But not because you've been, too, too, been too, too busy jealous of the man. Only the greatest baseball player ever. Like, like this man is, a, is an icon. Like, you over there trying to be fed popcorn. And he's over there just running through bro like, 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 like they were Niagara Falls. So... I can understand this, like, I, I, like, and I really don't get this, like, I, I hear, like, I, I don't like A-Rod, 
Like I, 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 I don't, I don't know if you've been able to tell from from the po- previous podcast or how I've been describing him today, right? And I don't like Big Poppy. I don't like anything about Boston Red Sox. So, when it comes to the lying cheaters and 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 and, and thieveries of the game, I don't have to like those guys either because that's what he is. He he's a, he's a lying cheater, no no good scumbag. So I can understand like Boston Red Sox fans needing to cling on to a guy like Big Poppy. Like they need. The scumbag, loser, cheater guy. Like, they need that guy because they don't, they don't know what winning is. So this guy has brought them some championships, and they'll take and they'll take it regardless of how they get it. You know, you know whether hook or crook. They personally do not care. Yankees, we should have higher standards than that. Because I'm sorry, out of the 27 championships that we got, A-Rod was responsible for how many? Okay, then. Because he wasn't responsible for any of them. He just happened to be on one team that won one. Since this higher gun has been there, he has not done his job to win us championships. The only thing he has done is try to sue the franchise because he wanted to lie about his steroid use. So, <laughs> Alex Rodriguez and Big Poppy can keep each other and have all the butt sex that they want and arrive in each other's mouths and, and call it steroids all they want. I don't like Big Poppy. I don't like A-Rod. They're both scum. They could both go to hell. And I hope both. I hope neither one of them ever gets into the Hall of Fame. And while we're talking about Hall of Fame, is Chris Bosh a Hall of Famer? We'll get back into that a little bit more when we come back from this commercial. They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They join because there is important work to be done, and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world, and they can respond, I became a soldier. And we are back, and welcome back to another, to, sorry, not another edition, but welcome back to the Mighty Sports Minute. Again, I'm still Talent T. Taylor, your host. And the T this time is for Tyrant. Yes. <laughs> you should still be listening on SoundCloud or TuneIn Radio. Again, once again, I always have to thank you guys for the listeners that I have, for the, for the, for the listeners that I'm going to get, for the, for the people testing it out, for the people hearing for the first time. Welcome. This is one veteran's perspective of sports, like as I emerge myself into an industry that I can only say that I have a passion for just as much as I had as I had for the military. And it's probably the only thing that I've found in the last 10 years that helps bring meaning to what I do or helps like be purposeful. Like it's really it's, it's really odd like when you separate from the military that that, that you don't realize or, or or there may have been points where you may not have or take it for granted of how like how much of a of a meaningful job that you had and how much of that you really you you 
really took pride in and finding something meaningful again and, and I don't know if it's trying to find something meaningful on that level or just trying to find something meaningful period it, be, it becomes it becomes difficult and it, it, there's this hole that that's that's there and where am I going I forgot where I was going like, and this fills this <laughs> this helps fill those holes of meaningless that comes from every other regular work that I'm currently doing like in the office that just feels like empty black holes of nothingness and and just meaningless mundane like leading to nothing work just soul sucking body emptying happiness depleting work so I have to get out of there Whew, sorry about that so I have to get out of there and we get in here so like I said, I am still your host, Talent T. Taylor, and the T is for a tyrant. And talking about talking about tyrants and and figure and figures and guys that are on top of their game or on should or on, on on top of their industry, their sport, and should be respected or or or, or I should say given the liberty, but definitely the recognition. For the kind of representative that they have been for their sport, because because that's what every every sport looks for, right? They look for that that franchise player that they can use to be the face of their of their sport. For baseball, you know, it's been Ken Griffey Jr. It's, it's been even it's it's been Derek Jeter. Right now, I believe it's, it's the Bryce Harpers, and and you know we've we've had Clemens and 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 uh, and uh, what was that guy's name? The rock, that's that six foot seven guy that used to pitch for Seattle. Oh man, I can't I, I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Something Johnson, Rod Johnson, something like that. So hockey has had Ken Griffey Jr. You know, not Ken Griffey Jr., sorry. Wayne Gretzky <laughs> at, at one point in time. You know, I'm, I'm dating it. Very much, very much so dating it. You know, I don't know if Kurt, not Kurt, y'all, but some guy that starts with a K, if he's ever been one of the faces of hockey. You know, so every sport has had their faces. Basketball has had Michael Jordan, Magic, Matt, well, let's go. Magic, Michael Jordan, you know, led into Kobe. And it seems that Kobe has left at the perfect time to hand it over into Curry. And I know probably what you're thinking, right? That, listen, LeBron has to be in there somewhere. Right? That I, that you, that I, I can't be that disrespectful to LeBron just to completely leave him out of dominating an era and you'd be wrong because obviously you haven't been paying attention but you are right even though I don't believe that LeBron has truly had an era because it was real like 
he was the most talented guy, yeah. But I mean, is it was was it really the LeBron era? Because you know, like if if because if we're gonna call this LeBron era, let's let's just go out and say it. LeBron is like Oprah, and it's not because he's black, not because he's on TV, and it's not because he's probably gonna be a billionaire pretty soon. It's not because of any of those reasons. It's because if you've ever been on the Oprah show, you know how generous Oprah is. And if LeBron is going to have an error, then it's going to be considered really the error of generosity where he just opened everybody. He's like, you get a ring, you get a ring, you get a ring, everybody gets a ring. I mean, think about it. Like, seriously. I mean, Magic and Bird was going back at it. That was like, what, four and five apiece. They weren't really sharing a lot. Isaiah squeaked one in there. Uh, Matt, Michael wasn't really sharing during his time. He took some time off and let Akeem get, get a couple. And then we had Kobe and them dominate for five. Tim Dunn and, and just like how Magic shared his time period with, with 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 Bird, Kobe shared his with Tim Duncan. Well, Kobe and Shaq shared his with Tim Duncan, and they and they and they shared an era. And then we have the LeBron, the supposed LeBron era, right? Where since this time, um, Miami. Well, he was he was part of the Miami team, but Miami got a ring. Uh, <laughs> Kobe got him um, pulled out a couple more rings. Um, Paul Pierce wins his Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen win their first ring ever. San Antonio gets a couple more rings. Dallas gets their first ring, their first championship ever, and Golden State gets a ring. I, I'm sorry, where's LeBron's era? Like LeBron's era is starting to look like it's starting to look like Tracy McGrady's era with two rings. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, and, and 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 a couple more years because because of technology and conditioning and eating right and all this other stuff. But let's let's get serious for a while, for a little bit. Even though, like I said that I wasn't serious, but let's let's just get back on track. Like this year, honestly, for LeBron, has probably have to be, or probably has to be. The year where he's going in with probably the, the least amount of pressure ever. Like, like they're, or, or he's, he's completely going in here kind of underneath the radar because everybody has already deemed either San Antonio or Golden State Warriors, the championships, the champion, if any one of them come out the West. Nobody has given LeBron James' team a chance. While they have slowly... Slowly, slowly, slowly. They, the team has been clicking at the right moment. Right at the end of the season. Right in the beginning. Right, at these, right through these first rounds of the playoffs. They're finally looking focused. They're looking engaged. They found their right movement. You know, they, they, they've recovered from the coaching change in the middle of the season. They look healthy, which is a major thing. Which is something they're not going to be able to lean on again this year. And be able to say, oh, we weren't healthy. Oh, um... Um, 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 this and that came up. 
that's not gonna be that's not gonna be an opportunity. They look confident, and that may be one of the most dangerous things. Because that confidence can probably boost them up. And when we're talking about things are also shaping up for them, just how things kind of shaped up for Golden State and 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 Stephen Curry and the, and the Golden State Warriors last year. We have the one team that I, that, that probably thought, everybody thought can possibly beat Miami and that possibly beat Cleveland, which is Miami. They lose to the Sun Whiteside, and then over in the West. Where we said, oh, well, we think that, oh, only Golden State and San Antonio can possibly beat, you know, or could beat Golden, uh, could beat the Cleveland um, Cavaliers and LeBron James. We forget very quickly of how much trouble that the San Antonio Spurs have with Oklahoma City's athleticism and those two guys. And the San Antonio Spurs over there are like, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, not again. As now, initially when I was going to come out and and, and do this po- uh, podcast originally, it was going to be yesterday. Once again, another day, another time that I am so happy I waited out one extra day to give this to you because of what we caught. They, so Oklahoma City has now officially gone up three to two on San Antonio. And Stephen Curry even has a bum knee-ish. And the Cleveland Cavaliers still aren't the favorites. And that's because the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to do what we always expect them to do. Like they, They're supposed to look good leading up to the Eastern Conference Finals. This is where LeBron James should always be because he is that guy that can do this every single time. So, if you didn't catch all that, right? All really what happened is that the Cavs swept the Hawks. As the Hawks just just don't have it again. As the, as the Hawks are also good for doing what they do. Make it into the second round of the playoffs. Miami is playing Toronto without Hassan Whiteside. And it took literally every... Sweat, an ounce of energy in Dwayne Wade's, Dwayne Wade's body for them to tie that series up 2-2. And you know it's bad. Like, I'm glad they did. Because, like I said, nobody wants to see Cleveland and, and Toronto. Because basically, if we see Cleveland and Toronto, you might as well grab a blanket, go find your boo... And and go and, and go snuggle up and take a nap for a week, because the Cleveland Cavaliers will probably sleep, sweep Toronto as well. Toronto, in any way, shape, or form, due to Miami's injuries and, and, and inefficiencies, have managed to come away from this game. We know that they have no shot whatsoever, not even a one-game shot against Cleveland. Now, if they win one game, I apologize. I am surprised. And as I stated initially, this was supposed to come out yesterday. And Golden State was up 2 1 
last night against Portland, doubtful about his knee, questionable about his knee, finally having to come in because his team is down 2-16 to 16 and halfway through the first quarter. How fast do you want this? Stephen Curry comes in halfway through the, in the first quarter with just, with just about six minutes left. Stephen Curry looks a little bit shaky. He misses about, he struggles making about his first five shots. Goes into the second quarter and Golden State Warriors are still down. Going into, a, I'm leading into about three to four minutes leading into the half. The Golden State Warriors close the gap back. Get within about um, three to four points. But Portland um, opens back up the lead and they go back into the half with leading, into, leading into about ten points. Also, not to mention, Sean Livingston, their backup point, the point guard that is supposed to be taking up for Stephen Curry is ejected for the game because he had a technical but you know what he really should have been doing he should have been trying to figure out what he wanted to do on a Friday he should have stopped thinking he should have stopped he should have stopped thinking he should have just found DJ Scepter at O'Malley's from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. right okay I know you're supposed to get the read right So he should have stopped trying. He was trying to figure out what he was supposed to do on the Friday. So stop for stop thinking. Head down to Capone's nightclub or downtown Fort Lauderdale, where you'll find DJ Scepter mi mi mixing in the lounge. So you can store dance and then store drink with DJ Scepter every Friday from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Ladies, you get to bring your sexy fellas. You bring your swag. Listen, don't be like I just did. I'm, I'm bumble and fumble all over the place. It gets down to Capone. But listen, there, there, there. Wait, 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 wait. There is more. Trying to figure out what to do on a Wednesday, find DJ Scepter at O'Malley's from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Still more. What about on a Thursday? Bring the family to dine while DJ Scepter helps pass the time at Tijuana Taxes in Coral Springs from 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. DJ Scepter playing everywhere you want to be. Birthdays, weddings, bar mitzvahs, quinceaneras, bachelor and bachelorette parties. DJ Scepter puts a real touch on everything. For reservations, Go to bookings at djscepter.com. Thank you, and we are back. And, and listen, I know things things don't always go as smoothly as you as you kind of want them to, right? Like things happen, things go awry, things go astray. It's just like when 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 you're like when you're a college student and 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 you basically you have no clue what to do. Like just got out of school and you're looking for a way to get your foot in the door. Well, look no further. Just go to internship.com, input some basic info, and booyah, instant access to thousands of internships and other paying jobs all across all 50 states in just moments. Prepare for tomorrow by searching today in internship.com. That's internship.com, a Chegg company. So, getting back to what we were saying. Welcome back. This is Mighty Sports Minute. I am still your host, Talon T. Taylor. And the T stands for Tsunami. <laughs> I'm having some fun with this. I'm having some fun with this. <laughs> so, Stephen Curry... So as we said, Sean Livingston go um gets himself ejected with just about two minutes to go in the in the in the in the half, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say to you real honestly, this is about the time that I that I started um like clunking out because I didn't recognize this in 
the first time I watched it yesterday. I didn't see this. I had to rewatch this today to notice this. So now we come out the half. And the game is still back and forth. The game is still back and forth. Hey. Third quarter comes out. And Stephen Curry starts to find his swag. And he informs everybody listening and everybody watching that he's back. And then the game ends. And have you watched this game? I, I really hope you guys have watched it because I don't want I don't want to do this, but I told somebody that they needed to watch this game to his full wholeheartedness because it was not something that you would want to miss. You was gonna witness greatness. Not only does Stephen Curry come back in a game that he wasn't he was only expected to play twenty five minutes. He ends up playing just about, was it, 35 minutes, 40 minutes? Something odd like that. Ends up putting up 40 points. Scores 17 points in overtime, which is the most points scored ever by a player. Let's let you know. For reference or comparison, and I didn't, and I didn't, and I didn't look this information up. I heard this today. If you if if you look at all the games that the Heat and and Toronto played in overtime, only one time did they combine to score over 17 points. So now folks, now 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 now. We come to the segment of the show that is so long overdue, maybe slightly burnt. So, within this past week as well, we've also had the NFL Draft. And we're going to do a quick draft recap. As interesting things happen, and and I'm going to tell you, very, 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 very quickly, as I told you last week, the ultimate winners of that very of, of the first round, and I, and I don't even know if I should say the first round because there were some very interesting things, things that happened, but definitely the guys that I thought were the biggest winners were probably the Cowboys. And and it was for everything that I said. Put a dynamic playmaker, somebody that's supposed to be a dynamic playmaker besides two other dynamic playmakers, and while your dynamic playmaking quarterback deteriorates, you have young, dynamic talent surrounding him. The first pick of the NFL draft. The LA Rams choose quarterback Jared Goff. And they needed a quarterback. They they needed a they they needed a quarterback because it's it's been well known for the Rams for a while that they, they've had a solid defense. A lot built around what they got from RG3 and that whole entire Washington trade. But they, 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 they're looking to start building an offense. And so 
they start running through their, the rest of their draft. And they, they look for ways to help out their quarterback. With their second pick, they pick a tight end. Six foot six, tight end. And the only thing about him is that, what was it, Tyler Hybe? Is that he has injury issues. So we're going to see about him. Um, and this is in the, and, and, and I said, when I say their next pick, they didn't have a pick again until the fourth round. So this is a fourth round, 110th pick of the draft. Then they also had another pick in the fourth round. And what they do is they, they find another, they find a wide receiver for their quarterback this time. Then they go out again. This is a, this is a six round pick. They find a six, five tight end. See? And then they, they add a little bit back to the, see if they could add something on to their defense at an inside linebacker. He's just really going to be there more for the practice squad to see if there's anything that he can do and see where he can line up at. And in the sixth round, they find another wide receiver. So, on top of the number one pick, with, um, who was the court, who was was a quarterback for the LA Rams, they get they get him a they get him a six six tight end, they get him a six five tight end, and they get him a wide receiver. I see, I see them addressing. Like I said, and this is to add onto the few pieces that they have. Now, what you do is that you you add. You start adding numbers and commodities in there, so now you can start having competition and start seeing if you're able to weed some people out and find some talent somewhere because they're going to need to. The number two pick of the NFL draft. Philadelphia Eagles pick quarterback Carson Wentz. And they... They went all over the place. The Eagles did. They got. They got. They, they got a guard, offensive guard, to obviously help protect the quarterback, and he's actually a decent pick because I believe he was playing three positions in college or has ability to play three different positions. So you're gonna get him all over the place, and you're gonna get him hopefully starting. They got a running back. This is in the fifth round. And this is a running back that can do some receiving out the backfield. Because, if I'm not mistaken, isn't isn't DeMarco Murray gone? Or is DeMarco Murray still there? I'm, not, I'm unsure. We'll, we'll look into this. And they find him an offensive tackle. They find him a cornerback. They find him a free safety. They find him a defensive end. Right, and, and what I see, well, what I see with the offensive tackles, that like I said they found him a guard, somebody to protect the quarterback. Then they found him a running back, some, some somebody he can hand the ball off to, or just, or just possibly do any kind of work. Then, if, then you say they find him an offensive tackle, somebody else to protect the quarterback, then cornerback, and then you get it, and then and then so you see them cornerback and free safety as you as they try working out a couple of those skill positions, and then another defensive end, and defensive end that they picked up in the seventh round. He is said to be some athletic freak, and he some had off-field issues, so he may have just fell, and and Philly just picked him up where they f- picked him up at, and at the very last pick they picked up an um, inside linebacker. We're gonna skip all the way down to the picks that matter. With the number 10 pick in the draft, 
the New York Giants pick. Cornerback Eli Apple. And for me, this is a great move for one simple thing. The name Apple. And it's, and it's another Eli. If he does great, we're gonna call him the Big Apple. And if he stinks, we're gonna call him the Rotten Apple. <laughs> like, whoever signed him did that strictly for PR purposes because I don't think, I don't know if that was a need for them. I mean, it was a need for them. I don't know if that was the best possible player. But it definitely was a need, especially in, 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 a, in, a, in a division where you're talking about going up against the Des Bryants and, and, uh, and the DeAndre and, and, the, and the Deshaun Jacksons of the world. Um, you're going to need somebody. You're going to need corners that can keep on covering. But after that, they, they went pretty well. I mean, they needed a wide receiver, so they got him. So they got another weapon to go up against, to go alongside Odell Beckham and what should supposedly be Victor Cruz. Sterling Shepard. And, and you understand, like, based on the simple fact that if Victor Cruz and ODB, old dirty player, sorry, I should say ODP, is on the field together, that should automatically open up things for guys like Sterling Shepard. So we should see, like, his, Sterling Shepard's, I think, success is going to be predicated not only on his health, but the health of obviously the people that he lines up beside. Next, um, in the third round, number 71 pick, 71st pick, they pick up, um, what was it, safety, Thompson, Doucette, I'm sorry, Thompson, safety, out of Boise State, ha, <laughs> and he was a need, he was another need, for, he, he was, he was a, Need for them, and, and, and I think anything safety is a need. You know, um, it's a good fifty. He said he was a he's a good fifty fifty player. The ball up in the air, he has good I guess good ball hawking skills. It works. That's a need. Once again, you're talking about Dez and Deshaun. You're talking about cover and over the top, cover and over the top, cover and over the top. Giants needed that. Outside linebacker with the next pick that I was in need. Uh they're gonna test out a running back with their with their fifth round pick. But he's a weapon. And 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 and, and this is how I'm judging it. See, with their first pick in the first round, they got a need. Cornerback was a need. Then you get a wide receiver in the second pick, and that's a weapon. Then you go out and you get a safety and that's a need. Then you get an outside linebacker and that's a need. Then you get a running back, that's a weapon. Then you get a six foot five tight end in the sixth round, and that's another weapon. So now not only did you get needs to cover up defense, but you also got a whole bunch of weapons to, that for Eli Manning to try out with. And like I said, in anything extra that you can put onto the field beside Odell Beckham and possibly a Victor Cruz is only gonna be is only gonna be to the benefit of Eli Manning and Odell Beckham and Victor Cruz and any one of these tight ends or wide receivers that they picked up. You know we about to have a Prince moment, right? I hope, I hope you guys realize this. <sighs> Next, we have the Dolphins. <laughs> and the Dolphins had the number 13th pick of the draft. 
And the Dolphins may have had probably one of the best. Like, and outside of Dallas, obviously. Actually, I, I want to say like a, a lot of teams actually did pretty, pretty well. They had, cause, but they had another interesting night in their own right where they picked up a guy that 20 minutes before he was drafted a viral a, a video of him goes viral of him hitting a gas bomb smoke weed every day which forces him to drop all of these spots to fall right into the Dolphins' lap at number 13. Are we surprised that the Dolphins would pick a pothead? No. We've seen the great Ricky Williams, and we've seen what he does there. If you go to Dolphin Stadium, you smell what was, was, what's illuminating, just flowing off of that arena as, 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 you, as, you, as you spiral up and down or spiral down that ramp. So... I'm not surprised, but also, that wasn't a need for them, but it was the best talent available. And you can't, you can't teach that. You can't stop that. You can't knock that. Even as a Jets fan myself, you can't knock getting the best player available, the best talent available. And so now they get a six foot five defensive tackle for, I guess, peanuts for what he would have been worth. And with the possibility of giving him an incentive-based contract based off his outfield, supposed off-field issues. Like, that can always haunt him. Always follow him. But right after that, the Dolphins have had what I considered a pretty decent draft. And, like I said... Who's to hear to say how things are going to work out or how these people are going, to, are going to really break themselves down? But what I say is that how many needs are you getting and how many weapons are you adding? Needs and weapons, needs and weapons, needs and weapons, needs and weapons. Because, because if, you, if you just pick up a trade, like, okay, so let's run it down. Let's run it down. With the very, um, with the very next pick, right, or their second round pick, they get a cornerback, Xavier Howard. Out of Baylor. That's a need. So that's two picks they've done right. Next, in the third round, they get running back um, Kenyon Drake. Out of Bama. Alabama. That's a, that's a running back. They just lost their running back. What's, it, what's his name? Miller or whatever his name is? That's a need. Fourth round pick. Wide receiver out of Rucker. And six foot, 211 pounds, pit bullish kind of. That's a weapon for your young quarterback to help with whatever offensive weapons that you currently have now because Miami can use all offensive help that they can possibly get. Next. They get the fullback out of Penn State and not fullback, but 
you get the the strong safety out of Penn State, and he's a guy that has a that has a strong that he has a good football IQ. So that's probably their first non-need kind of a iffy pick, but it's a safety. You can never have too much help with the pass game for this is becoming a passing league. And anytime somebody has good has a good football IQ, that's something that you have to look out for. Like, cause having a good IQ is something rare when it comes to football players. And also their ownership, their management, and their GMs as their next is a five foot six wide receiver. I guess he's out of Texas. I guess he's gonna do kick up kick returns for them. Like I don't know. Don't know. Don't know whatsoever. Then next they get the quarterback out of West Kentucky and then a tight end out of UCLA. No need for a quarterback. Tight end is a weapon. Still needing possibly any kind of linebackers. I guess they're going to address any linebacker need that they have in free agency. But they need something. To, but listen, the Dolphins have the opportunity to have one of the better defenses in the league. Like, you you now put Tonsil up there with Awake and Dominican Sue, and you just keep adding and keep adding. And I'm telling you, that defense, that front line of that defense is, is probably one or two pieces... Probably one, one more, one solid piece away now, from them being a dominant front line. And also, yeah, they, they mentally have to get it together. They have to stop doing that cocaine down here. Like that, that's that's not gonna help at all, man. That's not gonna help at all, man. And not at all. You gotta have to stop putting the butt up your nose. You stop putting the wind in your system. Okay, put it in your lung. You can't. So now the Dolphins come off come off the board. And with the number 19 pick in the draft. The Bills select. And before we get into the Bills, this is Rex Ryan's era, right? Of of, of football in Buffalo. So What I'm curious to see ahead of time, and I want you to even think about it. So we're gonna take a moment to think about this. Out of his seven picks, how many do you believe is gonna be defensive players? <laughs> Cause this is Rex Ryan. At the end of the day, this is Rex Ryan. And we know how Rex loves him some defense. We know how Rex loves him some defense. So with the number 19 pick, the Buffalo Bills, and Sexy Rexy Ryan picks defensive end, Shaq Diesel. Sorry. <laughs> not Shaq Diesel. We know we know it's not Shaq Diesel. I mean he did put it on the time machine and he's trying to and he's trying to come back. Trying to trying to make a couple more millions. Trying to make a couple more millions. But no. Shaq Lawson. Defensive end. And this helps them because he's an edge rusher. And this helps them even more because not only is that a need. That's a, that's a, ultimately let's get that out the way. That that is definitely a need. The Bills surprisingly happen to be one of the worst. Or one or one of the yeah. 
one of one of the one of the worst defensive teams in the league this year. So surprisingly under Rex Ryan's toolage, they're gonna need a lot of improvement there. So they start off with Shaq Lawson who if more than anything else, not even just a Shaq um, on pass rusher, but he's definitely a name. And he is definitely a boom of a pick. Next they go inside linebacker, Reggie Ragland out of Bama. Next they go defensive tackle out of Ohio State. That's three so far. Adolphus Washington. And then, and then, and then, and then. They finally address some offense. But oddly, they address some offense. As they pick the quarterback out of Ohio State. Which I guess, you know what? They, I guess they, they I don't know if they was, if it's if it's more for to push Tyrod Tillis a little bit more so he can make sure he solidifies that spot and know that it's like it's not really his that, that spot isn't really just for him for the taking. But also challenge Ezekiel Manuel. Ezekiel Manuel? Yeah. Challenge Ezekiel Manuel. And like I said, keep Tyrod Taylor and possibly challenge him. So it looks like Buffalo may have a complete open quarterback challenge this season. And they may not be the only team that, that has an open quarterback challenge in that division or in that comp that division. So Let's not chuckle. Let's not snare. Look over here. Look over there. They're still in a much better quarterback position than the team I'm talking about, though. Because I'll take Tyrod Taylor over what is our current our, our three current options right now. Next, they get a running back, which is good because you really don't need one there. But he's one of those guys that slipped only because of his injuries. So if he hasn't doesn't have to take over take on a lot of a lot of those reps and you and you're basically giving those to LaShawn McCoy and he's just playing backup and if he can be as semi-explosive a third of the time as as LaShawn McCoy then that's that's kind of a win-win. And then next they get a wide receiver from TCU that used to be some track track star and he's and basically he's just some speedster. Which is good when you have a guy like Tyrod Taylor and you have a guy like LaShawn McCoy and you have a guy like Percy Harvin if they still have Percy Harvin. Because you have to remember this team has a lot of has a lot of speed on their offense that, that they for some odd reason is just not quite clicking yet. That may help. And then to round it off, he gets a cornerback out of USC. So out of uh, seven picks, he picks four defensive players, and out of the four needs that they probably had, the four biggest the four biggest needs, they 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 addressed three of them, and sometimes when you when I see cornerback safety, uh, I'm like you you may have addressed that same issue too. It all depends on how this player can work out. And last but not least, nope, I'm joking. Not last but not least, but with the twentieth pick in the NFL draft. <laughs> New York Jets pick Darren Lee and Darren Lee is automatically it's a need outside linebacker somebody to help get to the quarterback as we constantly keep needing help in these positions as we just lost you know probably one of the 
more consistent and better, you know, defensive the defensive lineman that, that that you can think of. So anything that we can use now to add more pressure to try to get to this quarterback is exactly what we're gonna need. So first of all, we get get outside linebacker Darren Lee, huge need. Next, they get the quarterback from Penn State, Christian Heckenberg, six foot four, two hundred twenty three pounds, and. With the with the Jets' current um, situation, not knowing if um, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is gonna come back, and even if Ryan Fitzpatrick does come back, you still need to know um, who's gonna be the quarterback after him. So yeah, I'm all for this. When you have when you right now, because all you all you really have on that roster now is Geno Smith, Bryce Petty, and the quarterback that you just drafted, Christian Heckenberg. Because you still don't know what you still don't know what Ryan Fitzpatrick is gonna do. So I I, I like it, and it also wasn't. The knucklehead that I thought it was gonna that they thought they was gonna pick up at at um quarterback. The third pick with the third pick of the draft or or their third round pick number eighty three. Um, the Jets pick outside linebacker, another outside linebacker, out of Georgia, Jenkins. It's another guy that had a high football IQ. So we'll see. You know, you know how that goes. You know, like we know how that goes. It's either gonna be hit or it's gonna be miss. But so far in the beginning, they picked up the first three picks. They picked up two offensive linebackers. Next, they pick up a they, they pick up a cornerback to try to help them cover. And this guy may even be a guy that at cornerback that sits back and learns from Darrell Reeves for a couple years while he plays special teams. Uh, next, they pick. Um, the offensive tackle out of South Carolina, and that's a need, Brandon Shell. Seventh round pick, they get Edwards. And he's going to be a punter. <laughs> Edwards is your punter, the seventh round pick, and he's probably going to start. Let's just put it this way. Edwards is going to start. And the reason he's going to start because our Kicking situation in New York was was dreadful last year when it came to punting. Now you remember all those botched kicks and poor field positions he was getting. So he's gonna he's most likely gonna start. He is he is probably the closest thing to a bona, like a guaranteed starter as we probably have in this whole entire draft. And last but not least, the last pick they pick up a six two wide receiver out of Clemson, and he's probably also gonna sit back and learn for a while. We'll see, but he'll but he'll be behind guys like Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. You know, other six foot two, six foot three guys that he can learn how to be big, learn how to use it, you know, learn how to use his body. You know what I mean? Learn how to create space. Learn how to learn how to be space. Learn how to be mass. The Jets, if you say they have three out of four needs, they address. I mean, off off they have four needs, they address three out of four needs. But like I said, wide receiver is a weapon. Punter, they definitely needed. Offensive tackle was a need. Cornerback, it's just that kind of league. And outside linebacker, outside linebacker. Yeah, yeah. And quite and quarterback, that was a need. Yes, quarterback was a need. And now officially, last but not least, before we close up the show, we get to the no good, dirty stinking cheating Patriots and their pick and with the first pick um, and sorry 
New, the New England Patriots first round pick is nobody because they're no good dirty cheaters they didn't have a first round pick and so we'll just go through the rest of it um, and for the second round pick they picked the cornerback for the third round pick they picked the offensive guard a defensive t actually let me rephrase this for their third round pick they cheated and got an offensive guard defensive tackle and a backup quarterback and for the fourth round pick, they picked up a wide receivers, and the no good cheaters didn't have a, a fifth round pick. And for the sixth round pick, they cheated once again and managed to get an offensive linebacker, oh, sorry, outside linebacker, inside linebacker, and offensive guard. And then no good cheaters picked up a six-two wide receiver in the seventh round. So, with no number one pick, somehow these no good rotten cheaters managed to have nine picks. And. I'm allergic to BS. <laughs> this is our show. Thank you guys for listening. I told you we was going to have a little bit of extra time. We got the draft out the way. Got a little talk about a little bit about, about the NBA. Like I said, man, these games have been crazy. San Antonio up 3-2. I mean, not San Antonio, but Oklahoma City up 3-2 against San Antonio. That was the only game that's playing today. Cleveland is already sitting at home resting. Golden State is up 3-1 against Portland. And... Miami is tied with Toronto and Drake as he makes another hit just like this. Oh man, oh man, oh man, not again. So, you know what time it is. It's about that time. Once again, I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Stay tuned, stay blessed, and don't stress. And also stay tuned for the neck the championship game location for the United Football Federation of America's League. Sorry boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down. Lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Bars closing down. Sun's out. Where are we going for breakfast? Don't want to go far. Don't forget to check me out. Rough night. Facebook, Mighty Sports. Tired, baby. Twitter, Mighty Sports. Tired. SoundCloud. Mighty!